Hello and welcome to The Spiritual Gaze. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm the other host, I'm Angel. And we are husbands. Yeah. And this is our twice monthly podcast that is dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. Because we do not know. We don't. But, but we want to continue to explore with you as we continue to explore in our own lives. Yeah. I mean, we're sort of living these things. What did you say we were earlier? Like, queerdos. Queerdos. Spiritual weirdos. Yeah. Um, and we are, and we're okay with it. We're embracing it. And we want you to embrace it too. Yeah, because we know we're not the only ones out there. We have a lot of friends who are also queerdos. And let's just introduce uh, what we do. Yeah, so I am a uh, film producer. I also do some writing, but I am also a, an astrologer and have been so for quite some time now. Uh, and yeah, that's kind of the cut and dry aspect of who I am. Yeah. And, and you, my dear? Yes, I uh, am a tarot reader and an energy healer. Uh, I also am a yoga and Pilates instructor. So those are the healing arts. And I'm an actor and a writer. So those are the performing arts. She's a man of all trades. She's a woman with many wigs. And I'm looking <laughs> at three of them right now. Yeah, and you've been wearing them lately, too. I have. Brandonna has been out in the world. She's taking a six-week stand-up comedy class, which is very funny. You should tell the people who may not know. She's She's been mentioned before, but who is Brandonna Summer? So Brandonna Summer is my alter ego. Uh, she is the empress of self-empowerment. She's a rich white lady who's always trying to do better. And uh, she's been on hiatus for a little bit, and I just felt like I needed her back in my life. And so I signed up for this class, and I've been going as Brandonna. So just visualize nine women and Brandonna, three hours every Monday, and we're just talking about comedy and our lives, and everyone gets up and does three-minute sets, and... It's very funny. Yeah, because you're just Brandonna the entire time, right? Oh, yeah. Nobody knows me. Nobody knows me. Everyone is just meeting Brandonna. Didn't you have somebody come up to you like, hey, Brandonna? Like, you have them coming up and asking Brandonna questions, right? Yeah. At the end of class last week, this sweet girl came up and she was like, Brandonna, is your life real? And Brandonna looked at her and she just said, honey, what else would it be? <laughs> it's very, it's very funny. I'm sure they're all, it's sweet because we're living in a time when some people parts of the world are becoming more sensitive and so a lot of these people in class I think look at Brandonna and they're not sure is she trans or is she a character or so there's a lot of really sweet space um, even the teacher at the end of the first class was like okay you guys and then she looked right at me and she was like is it all right that I called called you all guys and Brandonna was like honey you can call me whatever you want you know so yeah. it's very it's a very fun new thing in my life um, where can the people find photos of the gorgeous Brandonna Summer? Oh, well, she has her own Instagram at Brandonna Summer. Okay. And she also has a Twitter where she's trying to tweet at least one joke a day as, oh. she's, as she's trying to build up her, her repertoire of jokes. And that's also Brandonna Summer at Twitter. And she's got lots of fashions. She has lots of fashions, lots of looks. Yeah, I couldn't afford any of her clothes. And lots of love. <laughs> she is. She has a love... A love goddess, for sure. Yeah, a she's lady a... lady of Venus. Yes, very Taurus, very uh, Venus, very maternal. But yeah. also very Taurus, very materialistic, and uh, yeah. very vain. <laughs> oh, I've come home to her before. <laughs> yes, and you may continue to do so on Monday nights for the mm -hmm. next few weeks. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm excited. But I will say, I've been feeling a little stuck. Uh, 
And being able to do that shifts so much energy. It's a lot of work to sit down and to bring her out. But I wake up Tuesday mornings and I'm like, wow, that really cleared a lot of space in my life. Oh, that's cool. So the healing and transformative power of drag, not just when you're in the drag, but what it does for the rest of your life outside of it. That's really what I'm starting to experience. And recognizing that the spirit of Brandonna Summer, who is part me, but also partially this larger thing in the world, comes in when I need her. You know, she really saves and rescues and helps heal me. Well, I was going to say too, because you do practice shamanism and there's a whole element of like shape-shifting yeah. It's really prevalent in that world. So it's interesting that you've sort of embodied the whole shape shifting, like, you know, ideology with this character. So it is like, it seems like it's a very spiritual practice for you. Oh, very much so. And it continues to get more and more spiritual just in the way that I prepare to prepare her. And yeah, in shamanism, it's it's called a shamanic embodied trance state. Now, I'm not saying wow. that that's what I'm doing every time, but it is really interesting exercise to have to be her for, you know, three, three and a half hours amongst people that don't know her, that don't know me. It is an embodied trance state because I'm I'm just Brandonna Summer the whole time. So in a way, you could kind of say that drag queens in general are sort of like exhibiting some sort of shamanic practice, right? Very much so. Wow. But not even drag queens. I think even if you go look at gay pride and the way that people are dressing up, in a very kind of gender ambiguous way. It's like, here's heels, but then here's some like denim cutoffs. And I've got a full beard, but I'm wearing, you know, false eyelashes. And it's this Mm -hmm. in between this liminal state. When we think about, you know, the two spirits of the Native Americans, and that was respected that you had these two spirits in one body. Right. Didn't you say there's like how many genders in certain Native American or eight? Yeah, that's fascinating. It's so fascinating. It's like man with man spirit, man with woman spirit, woman with woman spirit, woman with man spirit, man with woman and man spirits, woman with woman and man spirits. And then there's two that are kind of like everything and nothing, which are not quite translatable. But that's a really beautiful way to start to think about gender. And frankly, there are some, you know, cultures that have 16 genders or 64 genders, which is just to allow for this huge spectrum of what gender is and how each human wants to embody it. All right. So number one, we need to all catch up in this Western mentality (laughs) and stop being like, there's men and there's women and everything in between is crazy. I mean, I'm over it. I'm so over all the transphobia that's been going on. I mean, disgusting. I mean, I'm not going to even say that's going on because that makes me sound like ignorant because obviously it's been going on since the dawn of it, you know, entering into like mainstream culture. But just like everything that's gone on and I don't want to get on the soapbox about the Scarlett Johansson situation right now. We can maybe get into it later. But I, you know, and I guess I guess I should bring it up because I just mentioned it. And maybe everyone is on that soapbox. I don't know. Yeah, we can. But, you know, I think all this conversation around, you know, Scarlett Johansson and being cast as a trans man in a movie and, uh, you know, all of this like outrage about their actor. She's an actor. She should be able to play whoever she wants. And it's like that whole argument around this is ridiculous that meanwhile you have such phenomenal trans talent out there who should take on those roles not to mention just any roles that don't even have to like be categorized as trans roles like we all need to get it together and like recognize that like we are all here in society and we are all gifted with talents and skills 
and gifts that we should be able to put out into the world without some ridiculous corporate mentality of this is what it's supposed to look like and this is what helps make money. I'm over it. Yeah, well, Hollywood has always been a bunch of straight white people pretending that they are every other type of person in the world. Preach. And as an actor, yes, you know, there's a great quote. I think it's Terrence. Nothing human is alien to me. I can play everything. But until the representation is equal, then no, I'm not allowed to play everything. And I've stopped going out for trans roles because at the end of the day, even though I'm gender fluid and even though I am non-binary and exploring my spectrum, I'm not trans. And it's not fair for me to go in and take those jobs away from trans actors that deserve them. Ideally, 20, 30 years from now, when there's a lot of representation and there's a huge amount of diversity on the screen, then yeah, let's like start to get weird and fun with it and and let and let different types of people play different types of people. Right. But yeah, until we have like the actual just inherent respect for everyone, then Fuck we no. have to yeah, we gotta move this forward. So see we both fit on that soapbox. So we did, we fit on it pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah. I was in also say too, dear listener, like given Brandon's like explanation of even just the eight genders, like ponder it. Which one are you? Because I think it's like an interesting way to like think about how you actually sort of like embody in the world and how do you sort of ground yourself in who you are. And I just love the idea that your body can have a gender and then your spirit can have a different Mm -hmm. gender. And that's not wrong. That's actually what makes you you. Yeah, it actually explains so much about when I was growing up and like was a confused kid trying to figure out am I gay? And I think I've, we've talked about this that I sort of had moments where I was like, am I a girl? And like, am I supposed to be a girl? And it took me a while to understand like, no, I'm a man physically. Like this is the body I do want to be in, you know, and that was the, the confusion of it that ultimately, you know, with sort of understanding gave me clarity as to who I really am. But I would certainly say that I am have like a male and female spirit element going on for myself. Yeah, you can explore your feminine edges while not betraying your masculine identity and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Spread out, honey. Spread out into <laughs> all of it. And speaking yes. of spreading out, you probably just heard Noche in the background. Noche is the third spirit in the spirit room and he's mm-hmm. our little dog. And you may hear him throughout the course of the show because it's way too hard to edit that shit out. (laughs) Aw, but he's so sweet. He really is just like making a bed out of your sweater. Out of my sweater. He's got a fresh summer cut going on. I'll post a photo to the Instagram of how adorable Noche is this week. Yeah, he's super handsome. And that feels kind of like our check-in. Is there anything else you'd like to check in about? (laughs) Well, no, I mean, I was definitely like have been feeling my transits this week. You know, there's a lot going on in in the sky and I'm personally being uh, hit by some transits affecting my sun and my Pluto. I got Mars opposing my Saturn. For some of you out there who are like, what is he talking about? Um, You know, a transit is just when a planet uh, is making some sort of angle to where your planets, your sun, your moon were when you were born. Uh, So as an example, I am currently having the sun squaring my sun 
and now well now it was doing that now it's squaring my pluto so that means the sun now is squaring the sun in its position when you were born yeah or pluto in its position when you were born yeah which i have just inherently like opposing each other so of course it's gonna like make a dance with both so really to me is and a square is just sort of a more challenged op, um transit than some of the others it's an energy of like conflict or crisis yeah whereas something like a trine is like a soft supportive energy completely so just to have uh i like that you use the word crisis because that really resonates you know especially like having sun you know because it is very much your you know on the surface your personality but really sort of just your i always grounded in like your soul essence you know the energy that you're almost in some ways the most comfortable being in, which for me is Aries. Um, but, you know, when you have that square going on, it's like a crisis of personality. Like, wait, that's who I am? Wait, that's how I exhibit in the world? Like, uh. So I've been having some of that on top of just the the Pluto stuff, which is also about, you know, deep soul transformation. So having this crisis around... You know, yeah, shake it out, Noach. Having this crisis around, like, is my personality serving the transformation that wants to happen right now? Because like, Pluto is the planet of transformation. Yeah. So, you know, and it's, you know, particularly, yeah, on that, like, deep soul level. So I'm really, like, just feeling this need to change so much about how I am in the world um, it's just like no longer serving me. Uh, so that's been interesting and playing out in interesting ways. But I'm accepting the challenge. I'm trying my best not to let my sort of like usual stubbornness get in the way of it. But uh, it's all good. Oh, my God. Noche's like digging a hole. Yeah. Noche's really feeling this energy. <laughs> it's so cute. But yeah. So that's kind of where I have been lately. And it's all good. It's, um, you know, on top of just like some other stuff. But I'm, again, I'm really feeling uh, compelled to go through it as opposed to sleep my way through it. And I just want to clarify for our listeners, just because I think this show is really dedicated to explaining subjects. So I just want to give it another go, which is that when you think about a transit, it's just two planets um, that are in relationship with each other. And the aspect is the type of relationship. So a square is a type of relationship. A trine is a type of relationship. A sesquiquadrant is a type of relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, conjunction and opposition. These are just types of relationships. And the planets are like two different people or aspects of yourself that are having this type of relationship. Yeah, exactly. Just because it can get very complicated, but it doesn't have to be. And I really think that astrology is such a powerful tool. And by being in relationship with you for the past eight years, I have learned so much about how to apply astrology to my daily you know, life. And I want everyone mm -hmm. to have access to that. Yeah, no, I think that's so important to like just understand even just knowing that I had those transits happening this week really helped me define what I'm feeling, what I've been stressed about. I'm like, oh, it's just a process of this angel, which isn't easy. But, you know, as someone who is spiritually minded, it just becomes a little easier to help process it all as opposed to just like, I'm mad at so and so, and why aren't why isn't so and so like, you know, helping me through the deal, deal with this? You know, just living in sort of the like mundane, real world stresses. It's like let's step back, and that's really what 
I guess having a spiritual practice is all about anyway. Yeah, totally. And the thing about transits too is that they are always temporary. And Anne Orderly, who is an amazing astrologer, our queen, <laughs> one of our many queens, uh, I had a beautiful reading with her and she was talking to me about my chart's tendency towards depression and sometimes even suicide. And she said, just remember transits are temporary. Things will pass. If you end up killing yourself, you will the transit that you kill yourself during becomes like your birth chart when you reincarnate, mm. which I thought was a really interesting thing to think about. It's like the transit that you are unable to find your way through, you just like opt out, you kill yourself, you check out, is then the energy that you have to spend your whole next lifetime oh. trying to sort out. Don't even get me started on that karmic So stuff. I'm just saying like, it's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to have a bad week. It's okay to have a bad season. It's okay to have a bad year. Fuck, but... Just know it's temporary. These things do pass. Yeah. Good reminder. And do you have anything that you're trying to get through beyond oh what we talked about? Fuck, I am trying to get through <laughs> everything right now. Gemini season was hard. Cancer season feels almost harder. I've been like half awake and half asleep, and I'm trying to emerge uh, from my numbed out state and just try to see what's there. I think I'm about to enter into a whole another cycle of healing, a whole kind of upgraded exploration. I did a huge amount of healing and self-inquiry last summer, and I think that whole engine is gearing up to kind of go deeper and level up, and mm. so I'm just kind of aware of that and what's wanting to come through. Well, that's not simple business. It's not fun, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm always like, healing should be fun, and it should be, but it isn't always fun. So I'm just trying to step into all of that. Yeah, well, I feel like you're doing a really good job with it in just being present to the things that want to happen. Like, I think signing up for that class was so awesome. Yeah, it's just saying yes to things is really good for me right now. Um, and scheduling things is good for myself because I can isolate and then that isolation becomes depression and then I stop reaching out and I become this like crystallized tear in my own home and so I think sometimes even though in that crystallized tear state I'm like I don't want to schedule I don't want to see if I can schedule more fun things with people more classes it actually helps take me out of that kind of contractive state yeah I'm sure I mean I feel like a a a lonely or a sequestered Aquarius is an unhappy Aquarius. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, sometimes we're thrilled because we're like deep in the cosmos and we're having a really great time with ourselves. Mm -hmm. But if we're not, like if I'm not in a good mood, then like I'm not particularly good company for myself. Well, you're always good company for me, honey. That's Even when true. you are in those moods. <laughs> That's not true, but thank you. That's very sweet. I'm trying to be nice. Uh, all right, well, speaking of people who don't always bring good moods, shall we... Uh, get into our dose of reality yes now. our dose of reality here it is all right there is so much to cover i don't even know where to begin but i kind of know where you want to begin well so it's big news in. and i think we have to talk about the fact that we <laughs> have accessed the hidden fourth season of the real housewives of melbourne i think it's manifested honey you darling manifested i manifested it. it darling it's been gorgeous this fourth season of the real housewives of melbourne and we've already watched Six, seven episodes? I think six, yeah. Oh, darling, it's amazing we've even left the house this weekend. I mean, I don't know if any of you out there are familiar with The Real Housewives of Melbourne, but 
really do yourself a favor and look them up because they are next level. They're next level in their fashions. They're next level in their makeup. They're just next level in their whole lifestyle. But what's super relevant to the Spiritual Gaze podcast is that one of the Real Housewives of Melbourne is an incredible psychic medium. Oh my God, yeah. And just saw. On one of the these past episodes, she gives a reading to one of the new housewives because one of the new housewives' husband has passed just six or nine months prior to shooting and Jackie gives her this reading that is so legit and it just was a beautiful example that you can be so tapped into the world of spirit and still just be a regular person because Jackie is a lovely woman but she's also like she got some problems yeah she's materialistic she's on the real yeah. housewives of melbourne for god's sake so yeah she's not a perfect human being but what i liked about it was it wasn't glossy at all like when they filmed that reading the cameras it didn't feel like there were camera people in the room there was like a camera on her and a camera on the other woman and it wasn't the lighting was not good and so you really could sense that jackie was just like going in and like accessing the information and I was really blown away. And obviously the woman who was getting the reading was like, how did she know that name? How did she know that date? Like she was like pulling things that were like super, like just personal and intimate to this woman that no one else would have known. I don't know. It was really beyond. And uh, yeah, cool to really see like someone who, you know, does similar work to us, you know, because that's always the thing. I think people expect like, oh, you're, or at least maybe they do like, you know, that you're a, work with astrology or tarot or you're a medium or what have you. But those people are not then just like oming the rest of the time. No, we don't have all the answers just because we have spiritual skills. Exactly. So it's cool to like see that balance like playing out through this character. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And it's just like one of the juiciest. I mean, every episode is explosive. Every episode is explosive. <laughs> yeah, there's not one. Sometimes you watch the other, like the New York girls or the Beverly Hills ladies. And it and takes to like episode 10 before anything even yeah, happens. Yeah. I mean, I would say with the exception of Atlanta, who especially this last season, I mean, brought, the last two seasons really of Atlanta have like brought, brought it. it. They have. And like, yeah, those women are earning their checks. But the rest of them all... Like, OC, they should all be watching Melbourne, Melbourne. and taking notes. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's, oh, okay. I get it. Um, but yeah, we had that going on in our lives. We, I mean, we recently just had the finale to RuPaul's Drag Race, which we did watch. We didn't talk about much on here. Um, I mean, it's not spoiler anymore. If you haven't seen it by now, you're crazy. But Aquaria was crowned the queen, the which dog. I wasn't mad at. No, she deserved it. She yeah, worked the hardest. She did. I mean, and let's just look. I went into it having like such a love for Asia O'Hara. For those that didn't watch, here's what happened. Asia O'Hara had prepared a lip sync where she had butterflies hidden in different pieces of her costume. And unfortunately, because she was waiting for so long to go on, most of those butterflies, if they didn't die, they were in a deep sleep. Less sleepy, yeah. And so they did not like, she did not pull it off because when she like did the big reveal of the butterflies, instead of like a beautiful cloud of butterflies pouring out of one of her breastplates. Which would have been gorgeous. Gorgeous. It was just like, what's going on? Are those oh. are those butterflies? Are they alive? It she was... like blew on them, and they barely could not. Eat. They couldn't take flight. I know. And then she couldn't take flight. It was like there was too much going on. I mean, I'm still getting like sadness around it. Just <laughs> again, it was such a like sad ending to such a like great 
like season for her. I and thought. for those that don't watch, Asia O'Hara is this beautiful queen. She's a spiritual adult. She has tons of integrity. She's like the sort of person you want to win a reality competition show because she has such a good heart. And we were all rooting for her. And we just have to trust that there is like a bigger, better something out there for her. And maybe... You know, it was a lesson, I'm yeah. sure, for her. And, and she she came out. She was so apologetic. She said, I'm doing 10,000 hours of community service with butterflies. Maybe <laughs> she'll need a man doing that. Like, maybe there, I always trust that there's she like a got bigger. A man. Oh, she already got a man? Okay. Yeah. So hopefully, I mean, not hopefully, there is a bigger, better purpose. And I will say Aquaria, I mean, she really slayed this competition. Yeah. She definitely, as you always say, like stepped into a hologram of herself. Yes. Well, I stole that from, I think it was Tracy McMillan who said. Shout outs to Tracy McMillan. Shout out Tracy McMillan if you listen to this show. Uh, There are moments in your life that are bigger than you. Yeah. And you step into this hologram of yourself because that moment needs to happen. And just thinking about butterflies, like a symbol of transformation and drag, which is such a, you know, art of transformation. There's something just really interesting and poetic that I'm still continuing to unpack in that whole, in that whole thing. Yeah. And I get that that's why, you know, it not working was sort of a like, girl, you weren't maybe ready to like fully embrace your transformation. I don't know. I mean, I think probably the lesson just is like, don't use other live creatures during your drag performances, everybody. Well, that's what they say, you know, like no children and no animals because those things upstage you. And as a drag queen, you should know, like like you always got to be the skinniest, prettiest, richest woman in the room. Well, and I really don't want them to like start bringing babies into the thing because that (laughs) would be crazy. Uh, but they are always trying to one-up themselves so who knows so that was our mega dose of reality yeah i mean we could go on but we shouldn't we shouldn't because we want to do a juicy deep dive for y'all today so should we just head into our deep deep dive? dive today's deep dive is all about mars retrograde She's retrograde and... And, you know, here's something just that, like, makes you a little less basic is you don't say a planet's in retrograde because retrograde isn't, like, a place planets go. It's like, oh, she went into retrograde. No. (laughs) Retrograde (laughs) is when a planet appears as though it's moving backwards. So a planet goes retrograde or a planet retrogrades. Um. But, you know, I just like to educate people about that. Yeah, no. Well, do you want to explain sort of... Yeah, because it it doesn't even, like... It really just has something to do with, like, the Earth's relationship to it like physically yeah Yeah, so you're looking at these planets and these planets appear as if they're moving backwards in orbit but we know planets can only move in one direction and so it's an opportunity to kind of review renew redo we always like bring up the re words when planets go into retro when planets retrograde um so yeah that's what i was going to bring up too is that you know when mercury retrogrades you know we always think oh we have to you know, reconsider this or, you know, rethink that, you know, because Mercury is all communication. It's the mind. It's sort of having to like review, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So we were actually just talking about like Mars and retrograde. And I was sort of saying because, you know, Mars is that planet that rules action, how we get things done. It really becomes a like redo or I was even redo, <laughs> or I was even saying like reapproach. I really love felt that. like the right. So Mars essence. going retrograde invites us into reapproaching our goals, our ambitions, and our intentions in a new way. Yeah, I like that. Um, and so you know, you know, Mars actually went 
retrograde on uh, June 27th. So, you know, not too long ago. And we'll be there through August 27th. So, you know, it's a good two months-ish time where it will feel, I think, on some level like, and I can speak from personal experience and... Um, I think it was 27th, 26th, June 26th, 27th, depending on where you are. But um, that was right around time when like on certain projects I'm working on, like shit really did hit the fan. Just everything fell apart. Oh, yeah. We completely had, almost had to like start over in certain ways. Um, and that I actually was like, oh, right. This is the Mars retro. Like here we are. Uh, and it's been a it's completely challenged the process of some of the stuff we're do working on some of the stuff all of the stuff we're working on um but i think it's like forced us all to reapproach it in a way that feels even more sort of i guess like in line with the spirit of the project that we're working on mm. which i'm hoping that we can continue to push forward but it's not making anything easy that's for damn sure yeah. Well, you had said in relationship to this project that you just wanted to feel like you were catching some wind. Yeah. And I think unfortunately with Mars having gone retrograde and we have many other planets this summer also having gone retrograde, mm -hmm. there's not going to be a lot of wind to be caught, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there can't be some grace. Right. Like you may not feel as if you have momentum, but you might start to notice where do things feel like it's too much work, like you're hitting your head against a wall. And then it's like, okay, I need to reapproach so that as I make this happen, it's not feeling so hard. Yeah. One, as I was saying about just my own personal journey earlier, like it's how have, you know, how have the ways that I've been approaching things, you know, not been serving me. Mm hmm so, you know, what adjustments do I need to make in order to actually approach this from a way that's going to actually, you know, get me the, you know, to achieve what I want out of this? You know, I think that's what it becomes about. Like, oh, I've been hitting my head against this wall for a while now. Maybe I need to, like, just shift my perspective to some degree, you know, and perspective, not just from a like how I'm thinking about it, but how I'm actually attacking it, doing it, the thing. Mm, yeah, which is all Mars energy. Yeah, and even you talking about like needing, you know, more sort of scheduling, like even that, like is, I would say, like how you're approaching that. Oh, yeah. It's in line with it too. I'm reapproaching daily routine, but I'm also reapproaching the idea of just being a teacher. Mm -hmm. Because for me... Uh, well, so Mars is retrograding through, uh, the first half of Aquarius. Yeah. It actually it went retrograde at nine degrees of Aquarius and it's going to go all the way back to 28 degrees Capricorn. And then it will move forwards again. So yeah. it'd be interesting to look at your chart and do you have anything between 27 degrees Capricorn and nine degrees Aquarius because Mars is really going to activate whatever's in those degrees. Mm -hmm. And I have Jupiter, which is the planet of luck and expansion. It's also like the planet of teaching. Um, and that is it. 
uh, two degrees Aquarius for me. So I have Mars kind of encouraging me to reapproach. And it's interesting because next Thursday, um, I'm going to be starting a three-week uh, tarot class. Oh, yeah. And that's an opportunity for me to step into myself as teacher. Mm-hmm. And I'm preparing the class right now and just kind of reapproaching what does it mean to be a teacher um, and how to hold space for others and simultaneously hold space for myself and how those two things uh, coincide. Yeah, and we were just um, talking too about when we were looking at this, you know, there's what they call sort of like the shadow sort of phase of it all, which is you really think about if Mars is going to retrograde all the way back to uh, 28 degrees Capricorn, really the whole retrograde phase started um, on May 12th, which was the first time that Mars passed that degree of Capricorn. Mm. So looking back at your life. It's like it dropped a pin. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, there it is. Yeah, it's like, it's almost like you dropped something and and you you kept going. Yeah, and you're like, oh shit, I got to get back and pick that up. And when you get back there to pick it up the second time, it's like, oh, I didn't realize that I was going to see you here. Or I didn't realize I needed to be go to this place next door to where I dropped it. And maybe I need to go in there now. Um, so so think back to the week of May 12th, too. And for you specifically, I remember we were looking at it and you had just taught this like big, amazing workshop. Like, Oh, yeah, that was all around day. tarot. Yeah. Yeah. And I think kind of inspired the creation of this three-week class. Um, which yeah, I'm really, I mean, this is the pilot, uh, this is the pilot version of it. It's the first time I'm teaching it, but my hope is that through these three weeks of teaching tarot as a complete set, I'll be able to kind of take this, I mean, a, around the country, around the world. I would love to come and teach tarot and vino as what we're calling it. Yes, you're a champion. Um, but what I'd really love to talk about is just the, I'd love to draw you out on the planet Mars and what the energy of Mars has to contribute to our charts. Oh, me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just want to um, finish up what I was saying, which is, you know, May 12th is that beginning. Um, but really, it'll also be the closing of that retrograde uh, phase, which will be um, the first week of October, which is when we'll get back to the nine degrees Aquarius you know, that we got to mm. at the end of June before everything shifted. You said that's in October? Yeah, it's like October 8th. So reapproaching something is a long process. Very much so. And it's not that you reapproach it once. Maybe you reapproach several times. Yeah, and don't be afraid to, you know, sort of pay attention to where you maybe are. I don't want to say making mistakes, but, you know, where making you're... Making the same mistakes? Okay, I like that. Yeah. It makes me think about acting where there are some exercises where you're just encouraged to constantly be changing your tactics. Like you're trying to get something and you're like, okay, you tried it. You tried to seduce it out of someone and that's not working. So now you're going to try to bully it out of someone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or now you're going to try to. And that's kind of what I think we're all being invited to do in our lives is continue to try new approaches to things. Totally. If the soft touch isn't working, try the hammer. If the hammer isn't working, you know, try to try something else. All right. Well, not on me, honey. No, never on you. Just the soft touch. Just the soft touch. Or harsh words are fine, but no hammers. No hammers. Uh, okay, so you a, wanted to. You're a soft little cancer baby. I am, guys. I have a really soft underbelly. So will you will you talk about Mars? Yeah. Um, 
Well, as I was saying, Mars is that planet that rules, you know, I always say it's just like how we get shit done, but it's our life force, it's vitality, it's energy, it's, you know, how we move things in the world. Um, Because Mars also has the reputation of being the planet of like war. Yes, it's and, and it is sort of that warrior energy. I mean, it's, you know, it rules Aries and it rules, it co-rules Scorpio. So we might say like low vibration war, but yes. high vibration is like how you pick up your own warriorship to move forwards. Yeah, well, if you think about too, like, and this is something you can sort of uh, speak to is, you know, the emperor in tarot is sort of that Aries card sort yeah. of that mars card so would that be even like a high vibration of that energy would yeah you say? so the way i read tarot the emperor is aries um ruled by mars but mars is actually connected to the tower oh um which is a scorpio card too in my mentality so that makes a lot of sense yeah transformation uh but you know the emperor which was the first card we pulled for this podcast is all about claiming space like mm-hmm. taking up space, allowing yourself to be an authority. You know, it's it's about structure and order. I think like if the empress is Mother Earth, then the emperor is Father Time. And time mm. is this structure, you know? So the emperor is really about like the structures. And I, you know, I have to say the word patriarchy, but how can we like use the patriarchy in a good way? Or how can we look at what the patriarchy was really successful at, which was like, serving their own fucking interests and how can we serve our own fucking interests? You know what I mean? Like how can we take that on? So, you know, the emperor, yeah, you think like, oh, it's like some like straight white guy, but like, no, fuck that. Like the emperor <laughs> is a gorgeous drag queen or the emperor is, um, is us, is us or Hannah, Hannah Gadsby. If you watch that amazing special on Netflix called Nanette, which is all about, um, just cause I'm watching stand up comedy now, but it's just about like mm-hmm. owning your wounds and, um, letting that be your power, you know, your power doesn't just have to be that like you have a big bank account and that right. you're fucking gorgeous. Your power can be that you know who you are and you own yourself and you're not going to apologize for yourself. And that's Completely. emperor energy. Um, yeah. And interesting, if you think about that, we're Marsing in Aquarius right now, because Aquarius is all about your uniqueness, your authenticity. You know, I was it's like, you know, and the collective, like for yeah. the collective. Mm-hmm. So that's something interesting to think about when you deny a part of yourself, you're denying all of us the opportunity to connect with that part. Mm-hmm. Completely. So to have Mars retrograding in that energy, it's like, OK, wait, there's a piece of you that you dropped mm. <laughs> that you're still not fully willing to share. You got to go back and get it. You got to go back and get it so that then you can march forward and wave that flag, too, because we're here for all of you. And I think that is such a thing that's in the culture right now is the more you, the better. You know, we always talk about that in in film. I always say, you know, whenever I have conversations about it, um, you know, that there was sort of this big mentality of like, we need the next thing. We need the next, you know, insert whatever. Hunger games. Yeah, exactly. Like whatever the big successful thing was last year, what's the next one? And I think right now there is still a level of that. That's hard to like kill that mentality. But I do think what gets rewarded right now, I mean, look, the big blockbusters are always going to get rewarded because people love that. But I think on a creative level, on an artistic level, the sort of more you you are, you know, I think the more excited people are to to respond to what you're giving. And will embrace your authenticity. Yeah, and that's not just in film, you know, that's in music, I feel like, in art, you know. 
like people who are out there just really sort of speaking their truth, they weren't fully embraced for that just even five, six years ago. So it's exciting that that's there, but I think this whole retrograde moment for us is an opportunity. Because if you think back to the last time we had a Mars retrograde, it was in 2016, it was basically like leading up to the election. <laughs> I wish no. I had, I wish I had like, just like an explosion sound effect. Yeah, there was just like a dead silence and us like staring in each other's eyes of like, I don't want to remember that. I don't want to go there. But that was like a real antagonistic time where we all had to go back and be like, be like, oh, wait a second. Like, are we doing what we're supposed to be doing here? And apparently not everybody paid attention. But some people, all, you know, who were maybe rooting for, I don't want to say the other side because, well... I will say this. There's only one side. side We're all one human family. Yeah, but it was the other side to me. And so people were rooting there, definitely like picked up their shit and were like, boop, boop, boop. Yeah, let's do it. So I think it's interesting, though, because, again, that would be a time to reapproach, right? 2016. And feel free to come at me, online trolls. But I would say, you know, the other side in quotes, really, they didn't reapproach. They just doubled down on their original approach, right? Like make America great again is not a reapproach. Well, it's a doubling down. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the opposite. It's like instead of trying new, we're just gonna do everything we've been doing, but just like harder, faster, stronger. Well, and I think their approach to how they um, sort of amplified that message was in like a new way. I mean, let's face it; like they use technology to do it, so that was like a whole new system of like let's just embed everyone's Facebook with this business or whatever yeah i guess that was a reapproach. yeah and i'm sure that's that was part of the doubling down and i'm just thinking for myself too the election was so traumatic and it forced me to reapproach. what am i doing on a daily basis to contribute to society not just like in a creative artistic airy fairy way which is very important but also just like in a nuts and bolts and that's something i'm continuing to unpack for myself is like how has my privilege made me complacent right. and how can I continue to fight fights that I'm built to fight and that don't deplete me from doing the other work that I'm here to do in the world? Because it's mm-hmm. a long game, but... Yeah, all right, well, I don't mean for us to have to go down that like slightly dark memory lane. Well, but I'll be honest, This is these are some challenging fucking times and we're putting out a podcast for the world to hear. So I want to acknowledge that especially these past few weeks have been really rough for me. I've been very affected by it and it's... An opportunity for me to reapproach how do I take in news? How do I take in what's happening while at the same time staying tuned to my inner world and my inner heart? Because I think I took the bait and a lot of this darkness that's been happening and and I won't say what they are because there's just a lot of shit that's been happening, you know. Yeah. You know what the you know what's going on. Um, but I, I took that bait and I slid into darkness and I kind of let a lot of my spiritual practices go. Um and I can't do that again. No. Because at the end of the day, then it's like darkness outside, darkness inside. And I'm not reaching out to my friends. And it's just like me. And Noche's like, why are you so depressed? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Is he talking now? Yeah, he's talking now. It's so exciting. I know. Maybe we'll have him as a guest on I one of our shows. I knew it was going to happen. Totally. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, we were talking about sort of, yeah, the, the Mars retrograde and how it affects us now. Um, and... Yeah, so I think it is very much about, you know, thinking about specifically this Aquarian 
energy of it and then that dipping back into um, Capricorn and Mm -hmm. you sort of use the word the collective. So, you know, having Mars in Aquarius retrograding, like how do we approach our relationship to the collective, to groups, you know, our to our relationship with the world? Um, and I think, you know, then we're going to dip into back into Capricorn structure, structure and like our work. Yeah. Like our ambition, which I think you used earlier. For sure. So, you know. Before we can even like fully engage with the world, we have to like know exactly what it is we're trying to put out into the world. So I think that that's also part of this Mars retrograde phase is let's remember what it is we want to put out into the world. What are our ambitions? Are we approaching our ambitions, you know, in the best way to help us achieve our goals? Or do we need to shift our approach? Do we need to come at it from another angle so that then when we're putting out into the world feels more wholly ourselves, Mm. you know, the authentic. So that when we then come back into the Aquarian energy, it's like, yes, people, like I'm here for this. I'm here for sharing all of me with the world in a less scared way. Beautiful. Is there anything else you'd like to explore with Mars retrograde? Well, I just think it would be good for everyone to pay attention to, you know, where those degrees hit in your chart. So it's from 27 Capricorn to 9 Aquarius. 28, yeah. 28 Capricorn to... to 9 Aquarius. 9 Aquarius. What if somebody doesn't have anything there? What do you mean? Like what if somebody's like... Yeah, what if somebody's like, it's an empty space? Well, it's just... Then it's the houses. You know? Ah, so, so then look at what house. Yeah. So what houses are those affecting? You know, for you, it's... My 10th and 11th house. Exactly. So it's my career house and my collective humanitarian house. Yeah. So right now, it, it's interesting that you're, you know, coming at Brandana from a new angle, you know, because that is part of your work to connect out into the world. But now you're like, well, let me try it from this, you know, from this place. Yeah, totally. Um, so that's like an interesting. So when it dips back down into your career house, I mean, I would imagine that Brandana may become even more a part of sort of your career path, you know, in, in, or maybe in a more grounded, structured way. Yeah. Possibly. That's how I would look at that. And just to be clear, Mars currently retrogrades, but that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with your natal Mars, like where Mars is right. in your chart. So don't be confused. Like, don't go look at that Mars because that may not have anything to do with what's going on right now. No, that's a good point. Yeah, this is strictly about where Mars is now and how it's affecting where everything was when you were born Um, because that's how astrology works. And speaking of now, since we are recording this episode a lot closer to when we're actually going to be releasing it, I wanted to talk just real briefly about this new moon in Cancer Mm -hmm. because we're dropping this episode Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, and the new moon in Cancer is Thursday. So you, if you listen to this on time, you're prepped for that. So new moons are new beginnings. I think of it as like a New Year's Eve that happens every month or moonth, which I always say because like the word (laughs) month does come from moon, from like moon cycle. So sometimes I call it a moonth. Uh, And cancer, when we think about the energy of cancer, we're thinking about a very watery, very emotional, very kind of maternal nurturing side. Um, Cancer is really kind of like the mother of the zodiac where Capricorn is the father of the zodiac. True that. 
And so we're really being invited into our fields and also into like our homes, into the places of like nurturing and sanctuary. Cancer is the crab. And you think about like Angel said, like soft little underbelly, but like hard exterior. And the thing about the crab is that it takes its home with it wherever it goes. And so for cancers, it's this idea that Low vibration, we have to be at home. We have to be like taking care of ourselves. High vibration is like wherever I go, I'm home. Right. Wherever I go, I I carry my heart with me wherever I go. Because cancer also rules like the ribs and the breast. So it's like this container around the heart, which is Leo, which we move into next cycle. So Mm -hmm. the container for the heart. And that's really like what cancer energy is about. So I would just invite everyone with this new moon you know, it's a, it's a new opportunity to reapproach or to renew your relationship with your emotional life, with how you nurture yourself, with with feelings. And I think I was writing about this for my newsletter. It's very interesting cancer season because it's such water, but it comes at the time in the year, at least in the northern hemisphere, when we have the most fire in the sky. Like, I mean, it's a heat wave right now. There's all of this fire, and yet we're being asked to come into this like deep water. And how do you hold those two elements in balance? It's hard. It's not mm-hmm. easy. No. Um, I was thinking about this yesterday when I had the luxury of going over to my friend who has a pool. And I'm in the pool. You know, it's 112 degrees outside. And I'm like, okay, this is cancer season. Like, I'm in the water. <laughs> and yet all around me, things are on fire. Right, yeah. So when I think about fire, the spirit of fire, the element of fire, it's your energy. You know, it's it's like your actual energy. When we talk about Mars, you know, like your vitality, your life force, that's fire. Mm. And water is your emotions, your intuition. So it's like, are you in balance with your energy? Like, are you partying too hard? Are you not getting, are you not being social enough? Are you not tending to your energy? And then also your emotions. Are you tending to your emotions? Or are you hiding from them? Yeah, yeah. And it's an eclipse too, right? So it's... So we've also entered into eclipse season, which always like freaks people out. But eclipse season actually happens every six months because it's when the sun goes from like the North Pole to the South Pole or the North Node to the South Node or the South Node to the North Node. And so the moon blocks the sun or the sun blocks the moon. And eclipses are really powerful moments to let the universe kind of take things away from you that are no longer working. So last eclipse season, I lost a job and I lost a therapist, but both of those had like reached their natural conclusion. And now I'm like, I'm not like sad that I don't have them anymore. Mm -hmm. So eclipse season, yeah, it's like maybe there are things in your life that are really ready to leave and the eclipse will take them away. Yeah. I wonder if it means like moving for people or things around home. Oh, yeah. Family. But it's, yeah, it's an interesting like combination of like eclipse and a new moon. Yeah. Because it's beginnings and endings sort of wrapped together. And then the last thing I want to... Which is always, I guess, the case. Yeah. That cycle. Yeah. And the cycle of the moon is very cancer because cancer is that the sign that the moon feels most at home in. We can almost think of cancer as the moon in the way that we would think of Leo as the sun. More on that next time. Um, so when you're working with cancer energy, you're really working with the moon and the moon is your heart. So however that resonates with you, continue to work with your heart, continue to like really double, triple, quadruple down on your nurturing, mm-hmm. whatever that means. Cause with all this heat and all this fire it can be very easy to just get burned the fuck up. So like take your baths, meditate, restorative yoga, eat good, healthy food, you know, like move your body, Mm-hmm. get laid you know like nurture in the deepest way possible yeah. 
Yeah, didn't you inspire people to get a fuck buddy last time? I so did. You're just always trying to drive I'm just people trying towards to get people. sex. I am. What can I say? <laughs> I have a lot of planets in Scorpio. He does. And um, I think on that, yeah, should we pull our card? We should pull our card for the podcast. So sounds you're hearing are me taking the cards out of the box. I'm going to shuffle between the microphones. So you're going to hear that now. So this works no matter when you listen to this podcast, future place and time. Even if you're listening in like November of 2023, this message will resonate for you. So just take a moment and tune in unless you're driving your car. And though, you know, I listen to podcasts in my car and people are like, tune in and you can tune in while still driving. Just keep your eyes open, you know? And, and pay attention to the road. Oh, yes, well, pay attention to the road. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, if you can't close your eyes, you can still, like, tune in, you know? You can still allow. He's cutting the deck, everybody. I'm just going to take it off the top, because that's what my yeah, guys take are telling off your me top. to do. Mm, Wheel of Fortune reversed. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, I pulled the Wheel of Fortune today you myself. You did? Yeah, girl, it's right behind you. Oh my gosh. All right, so I love Wheel of Fortune. So let's just talk about Wheel of Fortune, then I'll talk about what it might mean that it's... No, let's talk about what it means when it's reversed. So the last time I pulled the Wheel of Fortune reversed, I got a call from my former boss that day that they were trying to fire me. And I was like, fuck this, fuck her, like this is some bullshit. And then the next day I pulled Wheel of Fortune direct... And I was like, this is literally the best thing that could have happened to me. I've been at this place for way too long. I've been feeling stuck. I didn't have the power to extricate myself from the situation. Universe is doing it for me. So when we get the Wheel of Fortune, big changes are happening. The web, our collective web is being re-knit. If you can almost imagine like you are seeing into the matrix, what is underneath this physical reality, things are restructuring, funny, reapproaching. So I would just say like, if there are some big changes that are happening to you and they appear bad at first, trust that they are not bad. Reversed Wheel of Fortune usually just means like you are reversed in your relationship to whatever is being taken away from you or being brought to you. Just allow it. It's all happening for your benefit. Um, here's the deal. If you think about, I'm not a knitter, but if you think about knitting something, if you drop a stitch, it ruins the whole scarf. You have to go back. You have to pick up that stitch that you dropped. If we think about Wheel of Fortune like this intricately crafted quilt, we are being invited to go backwards to notice where we dropped a stitch. so that, Or the universe is taking us back to where the stitch was dropped so that we can put it back on the needle and then we can move forward. So that when we finally look at whatever it is that we're making, there aren't holes that's the invitation with Wheel of Fortune. I mean, could that be any more retrograde? I know, it's so appropriate. And the reversal, you know, the more and more I dive into reversals with cards, and a reversal is just when the card is pulled upside down, I really think a reversal is reading you. Like, you are reversed to the energy. And so it's just thinking about how are you reversed to change? How are you reversed to this new dream, this new idea for your life that wants to come through? Yeah, and I would add, because the for Wheel of Fortune is the Jupiter card in my deck, so how are you reversed to your relationship with abundance? And good fortune. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's there for you. Optimism is there for you, but you're potentially just not coming at it from you know the proper angle to receive it. Sometimes good luck looks like bad luck at first. That's true. 
Sometimes good work looks like bad work. Oh, I'm thinking about Asia first. O'Hara, right? Like those butterflies. <laughs> oh, that uh-huh. looks like bad luck. But I know there's some. I know something good and beautiful is going to come out of that for her. Oh, I hope so. And speaking of good, beautiful people, we have two big thank yous. The first big thank you is to our neighbor, Carl. Our neighbor, Carl, shout out. And our neighbor, Carl, is the technical genius that is helping us put this all together. So we're very grateful to... Yes, Wiz. Yes, Wiz. The spirit of technology. <laughs> uh, our second big thank you is to JSIM07 for the tunes that you've been hearing as our intro and our outro. Um She's a whiz as well. She's a whiz as well. And we have a third thank you, which is to all of you who are tuning in and listening and sending us questions and connecting with us through this podcast. Yeah, sending us such warm like messages of encouragement. We're really grateful for it. We're so grateful to have you listening to us and engaging with us. And we are here for you. So, you know, feel free to shoot us an email at thespiritualgaze at gmail.com. If you have any questions about, you know, maybe you know where your Mars is, but you're like, wait, how is this retrograde affecting me? Or, you know, or where Mars retrograde is going to be happening in your chart. Feel free to shoot us an email. We're happy to answer questions and help give you advice and maybe even just do it on the air. Yeah. And to be clear, we will not always be deep diving on astrology. It's just there's been juicy astrology. So we've been talking about it. But the next deep dive, I think we decided is going to be all about crystals. Oh, shit. Because I'm a crystal whore and I can't wait just to talk about working with crystals. But if you have subjects that you'd be really interested in hearing us talk about, let us know. Yeah, please. And um, yeah, you can follow us also on Instagram at uh, The Spiritual Gaze, or you can find us at Twitter just at Spiritual Gaze. Yeah, the only place it's not The Spiritual Gaze is Twitter. Yeah. And just think because there's a limited amount of characters. Yeah, I think that was it. I don't think somebody else took it. Somebody took it. Yeah, they did. (laughs) If you happen to own The Spiritual Gaze on Twitter and you'd like to relinquish it to us. (laughs) We'll talk. Um, but anyhow, thank you all again for being here with us. And um, we have so much love for all of you. you. And this has been your moment in the, the spiritual, spiritual game. game.